the Constant Quest podcast with Teen and Taylor. We got a rainy one coming at y'all today from Columbia, South Carolina. Sadly, we've got a report that we broke our streak of um, having a different location for every episode. We're on our first repeat here at my friend's house where I sometimes house sit and dog sit. I'm doing that again. So we're out here by Lake Murray in Columbia. And for this episode today, we do have a working title, which we'll get to in a minute. But before that, I'd like to say that this is a little bit of a birthday episode. Uh, uh, I just had a birthday last week. I spent mine in Costa Rica. I did a birthday bungee jump among some other things. I was down in Costa Rica for eight days, man. And I happened to have a birthday while I was down there. And also Taylor has a birthday coming up tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. So yeah. Which will not be tomorrow for them, though. So mine's the 13th. Yours is the 40th? Uh -huh. Did I get that right? Yeah. Oh, we'll yeah, true. episode, they won't know. So, yeah. yeah. We'll have already both had a birthday back. Well, I'll let you take it from here. I've, I've talked. What's, what's going on? You want to tell a little bit about what we got going on today? So the episode today is going to be around fear. And I feel like since we started getting into specific content, you know, two episodes ago, we talked about meditation. Then we talked about intuition and now we're talking about fear. And I don't know that we were specific and intentional necessarily about how these things flow together, but I do think that there's a lot of commonality there and overlap. And see, I know this is one that for us personally, kind of similarly to the last two with medita meditation and intuition is something that we both feel strongly about. And I feel like I've, I don't know, tried to do a lot of work to overcome. So I feel like it fits well coming off the, off the heels of the last two episodes. But yeah, I kind of told myself that, hey, you know, we started the last two episodes with a definition and I was like, I don't want to have this like structured thing going on where we always start with a definition. And then I started doing a little bit of research and I was like, I think it probably makes sense to start with a definition again. Yeah, um, I think that's cool because I, <laughs> I did not look up the definition. Um, I, I did make some notes on this one to just put that out there. Uh, did some preparation as I know you did as well, but I didn't look up the definition and I think it'll be interesting because I think fear means so many different things and there's different types of fear. And so, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's hear what old Webster thinks about yeah, fear. Exactly. So the definition of fear, at least the verb form was to be afraid of someone or something that is likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. Again, whenever I have these definitions, I'm always like, well, that sounds right. But I also feel like there's pieces of it that kind of stuck out to me. And so the dangerous, painful, or threatening thing, was something that kind of stuck out for me, which I'll probably get into a little bit later. But yeah, that's the definition. I know we kind of intentionally, I didn't read it to you before so that I could yeah. spring it on you and get your initial thoughts just so that we're not, you know, feel like we're scripted or whatever. But yeah, so what did you think after hearing the definition? Yeah, I mean, again, I, I guess it makes sense. Like, I'm not going to argue with it and say that I think that definition is wrong. It's just that, I mean, fear is another thing that so much stuff goes into. Like, I don't, I mean, that was about 14 words or something like that. I just don't know that you could define fear if I think about fear in my own personal life that I've had. And and I'm this is a side note, but I'm excited about talking about fear, I think, mostly because, I mean, it's a real thing that we all face all the time. You know, I mean, meditation is something that you and I've done. And I don't want to say we're on the other side of it because it's still because it's a practice that you have to consistently practice to get out of it. I think what, what there is to have to be able to get out and intuition kind of the same thing. It's a constant practice to strengthen your intuition and to focus on it. And that's something that both you and I have done. 
And and sure, I've addressed fears, kind of the same thing. I've addressed fears in my life. I've conquered fears, so to speak. Um, I've identified kind of what what different fears are or how I relate to them differently, maybe. But it's a real thing. I mean, I can't sit here and say, conquered all my fears. Listen to me talk about how to do that. And you too will be like, it's not like that. It's a, it's also a practice. It's also something that requires a lot of attention and effort, I think. Uh, but yeah, and that, sorry, but and back to the definition, the, what was the, the, the very last part that you said about the threatening? To be dangerous. Uh, something is likely to be dangerous, painful, or threatening. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause that immediately, immediately makes me think of like an animal attack or something like, Something that's like right now it's coming at you and if it goes wrong, it's going to be dangerous and painful and threatening. Yes. Um, but a lot, I, know, I know a lot of the fears were, and, and those are fears, not to say they're not, but I think a lot of the fears we're going to talk about are way different than the like physical present, like arachnophobia or like the phobias, whatever, anyone right. that you have. I think that, I think more the road that we want to go down is is a little bit different than that, which may be harder to define in that case, I think. For sure. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I do think I want to distinguish between the, hey, here's a legitimate fear. I am scared of this animal coming at you. And we're not going to talk about that of like how you need to bring bear spray or put your <laughs> stuff in a bear safe container or something like that. Uh, that's a different. It is a fear, right? It's a, real that's thing. Not, it's a real thing. Yeah, you should be scared of that. Don't. Don't say that I listened to Tina and Taylor's podcast and this guy got eaten by a grizzly because he just said you could overcome these fears. So anyway, those are real, right? If you have a fear of heights, it's not that because I, I do think I had a conversation with somebody and I was like, yeah, fear. Like I'm just realizing how much how prevalent this is in my life and how crippling it can be and how oftentimes irrational it is. And the, the comment from this person was like, yeah, but some things you really need to like fear can be good and it can. And I, so I think we're not talking about these real life things I have a fear of heights and how to overcome that. I don't even know if you're supposed to overcome it. We're not talking about that. It's more around these things that I think you, that happen in your mind that you end up just being scared of and not doing and um, kind of how to overcome those. And I don't know how to probably not articulate myself very well. Um, but yeah, we're talking about these other things that these kind of self-limiting beliefs and fears and things that come in, not a, a real sense of danger of your like physical health or, or something like that. Yes, yeah, so I thought that that was a good point. But it is, I think, both ways with the the grizzly or the the mental block fear. I think it's it's important to define a legitimate fear versus an irrational fear because both are true. You know, like if you're I'm trying to think of a good example on the physical side, like if you're hiking or something, like my mom would be fearful that I'm going to fall off the mountain. But if you're taking safety precautions and assessing the risk and all this, then like that's kind of irrational fear until you get to a point where it becomes a real fear. Maybe that's not a good example. I'm trying to think of because we're still irrational about those at times. You know, somebody's like, I'm afraid of man, I can't I can't get a good example up right now on the spot. But I guess I, I just think it's important that we identify because a lot of the fears that we have, we just say like, yep, afraid of that can't go for a hike because a Jaguar might jump on my back or something like that. Like, yes, that could be a real thing, but a lot more goes into it that like there's statistics out there. There's common, there's a uh, safe practices out there. There's risk assessment. There's all these things that can go into it, I guess. And so I, I just think a lot of times we say, yep, I have that fear. Never going to put myself in that position that can apply on the physical fear side sure, yeah. with the grizzly attack. 
and that can certainly apply on the other side, I think. I think more so on the other side of like, man, we have a lot of irrational fears that we just we just chalk them up and say like, yep, afraid of that. Right. No, for sure. The and I think the physical side, which now we're kind of going down and talking more about that, but that's fine. The, we will get back. Yeah, the physical side though, like I think it's easy when you say like, was well, it like dangerous, threatening, and painful? That's very real on the on when you talk about like, these physical fears. I think on the other side, when you say like, but wait, I don't, you know, on these things that are more mental, it's hard for me to always identify what is that dangerous, painful, or threatening thing. And I think the the threat that comes to my mind is like the threat of the status quo. Right of like, well, I know what I'm getting if I continue down this path, but if I change that up and I do something different, you know, whether that be a um, simple example would be like, I quit my job and tried a new job, or I put myself out there for this, or started a business, or I moved to a new location. I'm, I'm not saying that like, and it can even be something smaller than that. I'm just giving bigger examples. I think the threat for me is like, but what if I lose certain things that I have here? And what if it's, it's worse? And so I think the threat is there as well. I just think oftentimes we identify it with that like physical threat and not on the, the that kind of mental side of like, we're scared of disruption to our routine and we're human beings. So we like to, if there's going to be change in some way, shape or form, we like to kind of forecast and, and visualize exactly what that will look like. And we want every question answered. And I got news for you. If you're going and making change. You can't always answer all the questions. That's for sure. Yeah, oftentimes you you don't have you have less answers than than you have yeah. answers, and that's not a bad thing. And in in that case, like you said earlier, like fear is not it's not always bad. Mm -hmm. um, I know Tim Ferriss had a little series for a while where he he called it fearless. Like you don't have to be fearless. Mm -hmm. I'm not telling you that that you should have no fear, but there's less things that we should fear that we currently are afraid of. Yeah, if that makes sense. I mean, that's kind of a play on the word, obviously, but. I don't know. I, I think about that and I thought about it a couple of times ahead of this podcast is that, yeah, I mean, some of it is healthy, but man, yeah. um, we cripple ourselves. It can be, it can be so crippling in our daily life and it can happen sort of without us knowing it sometimes. And, and then, and then we wake up and we're like, oh my gosh, I've got myself in this little box because of all these things that I was just scared to put myself out there and go do man. Yeah. This is actually in typical fashion, sequencing up differently than I envisioned our podcast going. But, um, I love the way you put that because the fear less thing, I think you had mentioned that to me a while back and I've forgotten about it, but I'm glad you brought it up because I don't know, man, like as I've, I feel like overcome some things in my life that and started to challenge some of my self limiting beliefs, which I think are all tied to like irrational fears. I've started to almost view, <laughs> I thought about this right before we got on. I don't know the best way to articulate it. The best way I can say it is I've started to view life as this like video game, right? Where it's like, in order to get to that next level, you got to beat this boss. And like that boss oftentimes is this fear that comes in. And so I, I've, I've started to look at fear as almost in a, in a, in a positive way, because it's that compass and guide of that exact thing that I need to go through to grow. Yeah. Right. And if that's not presented to me, then I'm not going to grow. I'm going to stay the same way. And there's something comforting about that, about living in my little comfort zone and not ever growing. But like that honestly scares the shit out of me. Right. Because like I want to grow. I'm, I'm obsessed with personal growth. I want to get better. I want to like learn myself better. I want to do new things and try new stuff. Like that's what I feel like life is for. And so staying in this box is scary as shit. So I've actually like started to look at that when fear comes in, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, this is another opportunity for me to grow. And that's scary because I don't want to do it. I'm not saying I look at everything and I'm like, great, this thing that I've learned about myself, I now need to go do or this action I need to go take. It's still scary as shit. 
but I know like what's on the other side of that now. It's started to like take steps in that direction. And I think once you start to do that, it becomes really empowering. And I don't know, man, it's just, it, it's almost become this game for me. Like what's the thing today that's gonna, I'm gonna be scared of. And like, well, maybe I should just do that thing. And it doesn't have to be like a crazy big thing. Yeah. Like the other day, I, I don't think I mentioned this to you. I had to, well, I didn't mention to you what I did, but I mentioned in this context, like, you know, I just started my own business. And one of the things they wanted me to do was like, uh, you need to go, one of my homework like assignments was, you need to post a job rec for like subcontractors for your company. And I was like, oh man, if I do that, like one of the things they had talked about was uh, going on LinkedIn. And I was like, I don't really want to go on LinkedIn because LinkedIn, I never like changed my old profile. And I just kind of like, pushed all that stuff to the side for my old job. And I was like, I knew if I went on there, I'd change my profile. And then people would be like, oh, Taylor launched a Spence company. I was like, and then if they do that, they're going to be like, well, what is Taylor doing? He like, I went to school with these people and there's people in these big corporate jobs who had their MBA. And like, what are they going to think? Are they going to think that I'm like, you know, taking a step back in life? And it was all these like bullshit things of like me trying to like forecast somebody else's perception and fear of how they might view that. And I was like, hey, like, you know what? The old me probably would just sort of sat on that for like weeks and maybe not not have done it. And that fear would have actually just grown to something that was bigger than that. But I was like, no, nope, I'm just going to do this. I don't care. I can't control anything else. I have to do it anyway. Like, this is who I am. I'm not worried about people's perception of me anymore from that standpoint. Like, we've already overcome that. Just do it. And I like did it. And it took me like 10 minutes. And when I got done, I was like, holy shit. Like, all that stuff that I thought it was like so scary and like these things, like, it's okay. And it's like so empowering. I know that's like a simple example, but I actually want to use examples like that because when we talk about fear, people tend to think it's this big, huge thing. But I think these like little micro fears that we have, being able to identify them and overcome them is like so empowering. It's like this baby step that pushes you down that path. Yeah, and you get obsessed with the process of, of tackling those fears. And, and like you said, on the other side of it, it almost sounds ridiculous. And I'm not saying that your story sounds ridiculous. I'm saying that's a common thing. It's like, I, I just spent 10 minutes and did it. Whereas previously in my life, you may have waited three months and then it grows and grows and grows. And man, if you let that sucker grow, then it then it's almost insurmountable. Yep. And yeah, and that makes it worse and worse and more and more difficult. Uh, and so, yeah, I think the lesson there, I guess, would just be that like, man, if we're actively just like chipping away at whatever is in front of us right now, like this, this one thing, um, okay, I can, I can get outside of myself for a second. Or I can, I can just address it. Yep. move on. I like what you just said a second ago about I've almost gotten to a point where like, I don't think you use this word, but like crave the next obstacle, whether it be fear or a challenge or whatever, you know, it made me think of David Goggins, the way that he says it, he doesn't necessarily always say fear. Um, but he says it in a way of like difficulty or whatever, like I can't wait for the next thing. Um, so that I have something to to tackle and approach. And I think that's interesting with fear. Because I, I read this quote and it doesn't really apply to fear, but stick with me because it'll, it'll get there. I shared it with a friend of mine and I'll just read the quote first and then I'll kind of tell you my, my take on it. But it says, autobiography is only to be trusted when it reveals something disgraceful. A man who gives a good account of himself is probably lying since any life when viewed from the inside is simply a series of defeats. And so I got to thinking about that and I was like, and it made me think of Goggins in that way, too, of just like uh, or or even Jordan. Michael Jordan was like, I missed the game winning shot 36 times or how many ever. Like I lost this many games. I did all this stuff. And like 
I don't care what anybody out there says, Michael Jordan's the GOAT. So if the greatest of all time could say, I have all these failures and all these defeats, but like he's the best to do it, you know? And so like, why do we just stop after we have one little, one little stumble or something like that? And so when I was reading that, that's when I told my, my buddy, I was like, well, and after reading that quote, does that mean that in some ways triumph could be in part defined as just an endurance of defeats? And so if so, then you, then you end up like, like you said, you end up craving it. It's like, man, I can't wait. And that, that's what we were talking about. I was like, it's weird when I have that perspective. It's like, I can't wait for the next hard thing that I may not be able to accomplish. Because if I do fail, then then that's a sliver of success because I'm that much closer, you know, and I just think that's such a cool thing. So all that to be said, like, so if we fear failure by, by what I just said, so if we have a fear of failure, which we often do, then really we're fearing our own personal success. If the endurance of failure ends up becoming triumph or success, then by fearing failure, we're fearing our own personal growth. Right. I don't know if that, it I, does. I was just I thinking that. about it yeah. earlier and it's like, man, that seems, again, that seems yeah. ridiculous. Why would I be afraid of my own growth? Right. But it's like, you have to, you have to endure that. Like, who cares? Right. Go out there and fail. Go out there and F it up. And I think that the challenging, I love that. I was like, well, back, cause I've been listening to a lot of Goggins lately too. And like, I love David Goggins and I've been going to the gym and listening to it. I'm like, man, I love this. But he talked about that. He's like, people always want to be like, look at all the things that David Goggins does. And he's like, well, I look at myself and I'm like, you don't know that I couldn't read and I had a stuttering problem. And he's like talking about all the negative stuff, not in a bad way, but he's like, I know what that road looks like. You're just looking at me at this point down the road. Right. And like, and he's constantly chasing more things, but you come into his life when he's whatever, 48 years old and doing all this crazy stuff. But, uh, back to your point about like looking at the failures, like as, as bricks kind of building that house. I think the challenging thing with human beings is we always want to know well, what's at the end. Like if you told me I have to step here and this is going to be a misstep and that's going to be a misstep, but I can look right down there and see like 10 steps later, you know, there's something great at the end of it. Everybody's like, great, I'll do it. Cause I know what's at the end. I think the challenging thing is you human beings is being able to trust that self growth process that, Hey, even when you make a quote unquote misstep, it's not a misstep. Like you're moving in the right direction. You learn and like you move forward. You know, it's like the, I saw this quote. It was like, I think I mentioned it before on here. Um, sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. Right. Yeah. And so like, you don't actually, you don't actually learn that much from winning. I think that like the learnings come from the losses or the challenges and that sort of stuff, which actually puts you in a place to win. Right. Or whatever you want to call it, or like overcome certain things because you're learning from that. And so they're bricks that are just building this house that allows you to be, be successful. But I think the challenging thing that as human, as human beings, like I mentioned, is just that we don't know what's at the end of it. You know, yeah. I tried this thing. I like quote unquote failed, but I would argue you need to like zoom out on your perspective. Like it's not over just because this one thing didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. There's a lot of lessons learned there if you're willing to accept them. And maybe that next venture or that next thing you're trying to overcome, this is exactly what you needed to do to be successful in this, this bigger thing that might present itself later. Yeah. And, and then that turns into, in my mind, whatever the thing is, isn't what's important. Your perspective on that thing is what becomes important. Like you got to change your perspective. We talked last episode about, I was going to move to Nicaragua. I was checked out, quit my job, sold my house, all mm -hmm. this stuff. Didn't work out, came back home. My perspective is what got me through that. Like changing my perspective and understanding like, it's okay, all these things happen. Well, now I have a new challenge. Now I have a new route. Now I have a new path and all that's fine. Like I could have sat there and said, well, fear of uncertainty is getting me like, I'm just going to give up or I'm just going to go back and do everything how I've done it before or whatever the case is. 
but the perspective is the big thing because the challenges are going to come up and it's like how, how do you how are you in relation to those challenges and how are you going to fight through it yeah um, i just recently heard this this term someone called it desired difficulty of like what we were just talking about about like craving the challenge or whatever and i don't think i'd ever really heard it like that but it makes perfect sense that just because it's difficult doesn't make it bad or um, just because we're afraid of it doesn't mean we shouldn't approach it and address it and so I, I, I really like that desire difficulty like I do desire the next challenge I was going to save this for the end but I wanted to say that my largest fear is a lack of growth so if I'm scared to death of being stagnant you know then I have to desire a challenge and that doesn't mean it's bad is it going to hurt sometimes yeah I mean, if I run, <laughs> I ran a trail run ultra 50K, it was the first time I ever went, ran one straight through. I, I did stop and walk some, it was, it was difficult, but I ran it straight through and it's like, at the end, I can barely walk, I can barely stand up. And like, you're just doing this full assessment of your body. Goggins talks about it when he talks about, when he does his ultras and stuff, he's like, you get done. And I mean, in his case, he's like, I'm peeing blood. I take my shoes off. My the bottom of my feet's coming with my sock it's no longer attached like it's not it's a nasty thing like i mean you listen to that and you're like why would you put yourself through that but then somehow miraculously or actually simply you do something like that and on the other side it's like man now i have this whole new appreciation and then like then i raise the bar to something different of what i can accomplish and all that's just from like tackling the fear of a little bit of pain and challenge and yeah you, I've heard it put another way, like seek discomfort, same same way, just a different phrase. I always thought it was a good one too. But yeah. you, you brought up a point that I, I think is super interesting. And I think it's something that I've continually had to challenge for myself that not letting somebody else's definition of, and I actually have come to hate this word, success. Mm. I don't actually know what that means, to be honest. Is that is that just a title? Like, what does it mean to be successful? Do people like you? Like, I would argue that's not necessarily a good definition of success. You have a lot of money you've been good at like your craft, like none of that is actually all encompassing for me of the way I want to live my life. And so when you said the way that the thing that you're that you're going after is personal growth, then you've been already eliminated, like it's not a job title. So it was personal growth. You say it's not about money. It's about personal growth, right? And so I think when you do that, it's what you were talking about before of, like you said, you're, you wanted to move down to, to Central America, right to Nicaragua, and you took all these huge steps that end thing that you were actually like focused on and took all these steps to get there, that end thing didn't happen. And it actually ended up being good for you, but that's not what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to talk about all the other stuff you had to do to lead up to that. You had to kind of redefine what you like, your life wanted to look like, got rid of all this like physical stuff, which I think can like weigh you down. And so at the end, that one kind of goal, like it, it wasn't there at the end, it ended up happening, but look at all like the growth that happened along the way. So the point I'm trying to make is like, if you're, goal is like personal growth like you mentioned and i'm the same way then like the metric you've changed the metric that we typically use in society to to define people because people on the outside would be like well yeah it didn't happen for them that must really suck and you probably looked at that and were like well yeah like the end thing didn't happen but these nine steps that i took to get there have been incredibly powering empowering and i've grown so much that like you use that to spring yourself forward into this completely other situation that you never thought was going to be there. And so I think the challenging thing for me is just to be able to say, I always call it running your own race. Nobody can tell you what makes you happy. And that is very hard where we live in a society where no matter who you are, like 
you know, we crave acceptance and we want other people to be like, man, this guy's doing well and he's doing these things and he's making all this money or he's got this like title. I think you have to define like what you want out of life. And I'm the same way as you, like I crave personal growth. And when you're craving personal growth, if somebody else is defining success or whatever, if, if their metric is, if yours is personal growth, but theirs is money or a job title, they might look at you and be like, look at that guy, he's failed a million times. Like I heard of like Richard Branson had failed you know, we now know him as like creating this virgin empire with all these different brands and ultra successful guy. I remember reading something where like he was laughed at. Literally, they were like, this guy is, has no idea what he's doing. He's tried all these different things just to complete failure. And I think that's really funny because it's like, well, yeah, all those were just steps in the growth process. But yeah, yeah. and we, we always catch those people on the back end. I read Shoe Dog a long time ago, Phil Knight's book. Yeah. Same thing. He's like, how many times did he go to bed at night? or couldn't go to sleep at night because he knew when he woke up, his company just wasn't going to exist anymore. Like it's, it's, it's over. Like Nike's nothing. We know Nike is Nike and we know Phil Knight is like, you know, right. what he is. And yeah, there's just so many examples of that. Well, and, and what if Nike wasn't ever Nike and you didn't know it? Would I still look at this guy and be like, he's a failure? Like what if for him, it was like, I took the leap and I tried. And what if you failed at like all these different things? Again, your goal isn't tied to like a title or money or anything. Your goal's not tied to that. Then what if I tried a million different things and you looked at it as like this business venture, I think it's the easiest one to, to use, right? I think there's other yeah. examples too, but like this business venture, quote unquote, failed. Well, failure is like somebody else's definition of it. You know what I mean? Like, what if I just tried all this different stuff throughout my life, but I felt like I was growing significantly personally. Again, your yeah. metric is different. And I think that's really hard for people to understand. So everybody yeah. wants to look at it and say like, if you're doing this thing that you want like you know, you want uh, whatever, like acceptance from other people or you want money and stuff. And I think when you start to challenge that and it's like, no, nah, I just want to grow as a person, I think it's hard for people to understand that sometimes. Yeah. And unfortunately, because of this societal norm that there is, or this definition of success that other people place on us, you know, or that, but we view it as like, man, all right, success has to mean this. And we've created all these boxes for people. So in the infancy of it, like in the very beginning stages, we have this fear of inadequacy, right? And so because of because of all those things, like we see we see all these labels through the media and in society and throughout all the structure of our childhood and as we're growing up, it's like you gotta be all these things, you gotta like we're placing you in this box or whatever the case is, and and success is this. So ultimately like if you go this route, this is the right route. And if you go the other route, that's the wrong route. What, because you didn't go that route or because a couple of other people didn't? I don't give a shit what everybody else did. Yep. Now I don't, but I did. I cared big time because that's that's what I was conditioned to believe. And so this fear of inadequacy that I had and that we probably all have to some degree, it, it makes you not try all those things. It makes you not seek personal growth. It makes you not be your own individual person because then you want to be like everybody else because that's, that's what we're kind of like cow herded to do. It's just like pushed in this direction because this is what's right or good or this is what success means and it's just bullshit and it sucks because it takes such a long time or it did for me and and i'm still working on it it, it still comes up but it takes such a long time for you to realize like oh my gosh like i have these passions and ideas and thoughts and and beliefs of what success means and fulfillment and contentment and happiness and you know all those words you have to define them the way that you define them. Yeah, it's good to listen to other elders and, you know, uh, educated people on certain subjects. And I'm not saying we, sh we should just 
throw all that to the wind, but we also shouldn't just blindly follow the leader and follow what society tells us to do or history tells us to do or whatever. And I'm sorry for getting long winded, but I just feel like that fear of inadequacy is such a big thing because it festers and turns into so much. And then, cause I think about myself when I was younger, like I, this, I don't know if we've talked about this yet, but I wanted to rap so bad when I was in high school and I would like write all these raps. I'd sit in class and write, I'd go home and write. And I try to hide it from my parents cause they didn't like rap music. And even my friends, they were like, that's weird. Like teen's not going to be a rapper or whatever. But that was my passion. Like I wanted to write, whether it wound up being music or anything, like that's something I enjoyed doing. But everywhere I was in the culture I grew up in, I felt like, okay, this isn't the cool thing to do, or this isn't what I should do. And so I like basically put out, put all that on the shelf for like a decade and a half. Cause like, oh, well I need, I have to go to college and get a business job and work for a company or a corporation, which I've done to this point. And guess what? All I want to do is not do that anymore. And that's no offense to my company because they're awesome, but it's just, that's not, that's not me. Like, I'm happy for people that want to go that route and I want them to go that route. I'm not saying follow me, but I also don't want to follow everybody else. You know, uh, Rick Rubin in his book, he says it, he's like, don't be mad when you had this idea and didn't act on it. And then someone else brought that idea to life. I don't know if I talked about that on here or not, but he's like, you can't be mad at the person that brought the idea to life because you didn't. He said, maybe it has nothing to do with you or the person. Maybe it was that idea's time to come to life. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't do it, that's on you. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a passion or you have a spark about something, then again, a fear of inadequacy keeps us from doing that all the time. And it's like, then you get more mad at yourself and kick yourself more because like, well, somebody else did it because they weren't afraid to step out there and right. do the damn thing, you know? Yeah, the, man. Yeah, I love it. The, Sorry, I just nope. You're good. This <laughs> we're here for. The uh, you remind me of this concept of uh, fitting out, and yeah, we all. You know, I think we all. I mentioned on the last podcast, and yours is a great example for yourself of like wanting to fit in. It's like team. Like rappers don't come from your environment and this and that and the other. It's like, what if you wanted to do that? Like, who's to tell you what's right or wrong for you? You know, and um, but yeah, I just think that we should all be chasing our own art like why do we we shouldn't just be crap not doing a good job explaining myself we should just be craving to be like in this line like you said just like cattle herded and we're all like living similar lives like we should embrace our individuality like your creativity all these things like wow i think that's really cool that like you're trying to do something new and and learn and but i think that like when you're younger yeah you're just forced down this path of like nah, it's not realistic man this is just how it is you know and it's almost like somebody just takes your dream and throws it out the window and they're like come back to reality man it's like no that's exactly what you should be chasing you know and it's frustrating to see that because i think that i don't know i think there can be people that maybe you like look up to when you're younger and it's not to say that people are i don't mean this like a person is bad if they do this i just think that everybody needs to go down that process of like learning about themselves and i don't you know there's some people who might not have done that and if you look up to them when you're younger it might be like your your friend's dad and it's like that's not realistic, man. You need to do this and you need to go to college. And I'm not knocking any of these things. It's not what I'm saying, right? It's like college is good for a lot of people and that sort of thing. But what if like, that just wasn't for you. Um, so yeah, just embracing your individuality is something that I can be like, I think can be very hard. I was gonna say one, of, unless you want to keep going. No, this, one of the things that uh, I'm winded, I need a break. I, <laughs> I got to get off my get, pedestal yeah. for a second. Can we get a substitution <laughs> real quick? This man needs a break. Oh, um, but yeah, one of the things when we, which I laugh at, I'll get, I think sometimes we can go on very deep topics. So I'll, I'll bring this back and make a joke. Like Teen and I, 
Um, I think one of the things that was important to us that we wanted to make this podcast just spontaneous and build off of each other. And so we briefly talk about structure, right? It's like, we're going to talk about a definition and this and that and that. It literally takes like 20 seconds probably. Um, but before we got on here, we were doing this elaborate rehearsal process that I just mentioned. And he had uh, mentioned something. I was like, man, I love our podcast because I feel like I've got things that build off of that as well. But the thing that that I wanted to get at that we, we touched on briefly on our rehearsal pro process was um, kind of just this process, at least in my mind, you had explained it differently of, we talked about fear, but in my mind, as I started to think about it, so I think there's two different buckets of fear. And this is, I would say these are, these buckets are, actually it's, it's related to what we talked about before with kind of these big physical threats versus these other things that we've mentioned. And so one, I would say of these buckets, I describe as like a rational, and I'll even call it a concern. We can call it a fear, concern, whatever you want to call it. And that might be like, well, hey, I do feel like I should quit my job and do something different. It's like, well, there's a rational concern there that like maybe your income is different and you're taking a step back there and maybe you have a family to support or bills to pay, right? That's rational concern. I think the other one though, that I'm really passionate about is um, these self-limiting beliefs that get created. As you start to go down that road that you had mentioned and you're just a, a cattle in line, right? And you're not stepping out. I think it becomes really scary if you were pushed down this path as a child, as an adolescent, and then you're an adult, just try to start breaking away. You're breaking away something that's been deeply ingrained in you. And so for me, both of them, I think, and, and I'll stop for a second because I don't want to go too far down the path. I know you got yeah. stuff to, to touch on as well, but those were two buckets as I, two of the different fear buckets that I thought just how to, how to kind of, how to cut up fear and say, hey, these are two very different things. And I do have some ideas which I get into later, thoughts around like, well, if those are fears, like how do you alleviate both of them? And I think those approaches are different. I, I don't know if you had something specific that I mentioned earlier. If I did, I already forgot it. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll keep going then down, down this path. So yeah, with the, with the rational concern, I feel like that one, right? If it's like, well, if I take this step, there's some real life like consequences to this. I've like read this book before I went into this new business venture and it was talking about like, well, the way you can overcome that if it's like, I'm fearful of starting my own business, right? It's like, all right, well, like break those questions down. It's like, well, are you feel fearful that like, I don't know, the, the product you're launching in the market may not actually, timing might not be good. It's like, all right, we'll break that down further, right? And I think you can get to questions where you can ask certain people in the market, you can do research. Anyway, whatever that thing is, there's ways to alleviate that, right? But I think you have to first just stop doing it, stop letting this overarching fear prevent you from taking that first step. And I think if you like break those fears down into like very mm -hmm. specific fears that you have or like concerns, you can actually alleviate those. So I think that's one on the the rational kind of fear or concern piece. The other bucket that I mentioned with like the self-limiting beliefs, I think this is the one that we're like passionate about that's a lot harder to tackle, right? And I don't know, there's a, probably a lot of different ways that you can get at that. A very good way, like we talked about meditation two episodes ago, for me, allowing myself to really see these things where I was having these self, to see myself where I had these like self-limiting beliefs that was one way in which it started to come out of like, well, you can never do this because of this. And it was like, well, wait, like, I think we're all like so much more capable and powerful than we give ourselves credit for. We just get stuck in these like loops of these storylines that we've told ourselves. It's like, well, I could never do that. It's like, of course you can, like somebody else is doing it. You just, but doing that work to have the awareness to realize it's a bullshit, um, irrational, self-limiting belief. Um, and I think that's a lot harder. And I, I, I get a lot of that out of like, 
you know, spend a lot of time by ourselves, like we had talked about, whether it's through like meditation or go running. I'm sure that's another good one. Like I do think that physical exercise, everybody wants to talk about the physical benefits. I think there's a lot of mental benefits of like, you're literally overcoming things that you couldn't from a physical standpoint, but it also just kind of strengthens the mind. But yeah, I think those two buckets for me were the way like I break down fear. I mean, you mentioned meditation and I mean, I think about what was one of the things that I thought about when I was preparing for this was like, if it's a, if it's an ongoing practice, like it's something that's, that's going to continue to pop up in your life. It's not like you just tackle fear. Uh, I think first you identify them like you're doing here you're saying like, okay, I have all of these self-limiting beliefs. I have all of these things that have crept up that have, that have sort of crippled my growth in some ways. And so then it's like, all right, well, how do I put better practices in place and how do I address those fears? I mean, so if I would say like, I don't know if coping mechanisms is even the right word, but like how to address those ty- those type of fears or whatnot. But I mean, I think the mindfulness is huge. Meditation is huge because again, to, to me, it's like, it's so much about your perspective because it just changes the way that you look at stuff. It's like, we get just so caught up in like, I'm afraid of this, so I can't do it. And it grows and grows and grows. And it's like, well, hold on. Why am I afraid of this? Like, wasn't to find what I'm actually afraid of. I heard something one time, it was this um, lady that paddled through the, is it the Northwest Passage that goes up like near North Pole uh, in Northern Canada? I think that's what it's called. But anyway, she was doing this like 45 day kayak backpacking trip. And there's a bunch of polar bears up there. And she was like, a fear of a polar bear is a real thing because they'll kill you in a heartbeat. Like they're just ferocious creatures or whatnot. And she was like, but I got to this point where like, I couldn't, I couldn't continue to progress on my journey because of the like fear of the potential of what may happen. If I come across, like I saw some polar bears across the water. And so I know they're there. And all of a sudden, like when I lay down on my tent, I just assume that they're attacking my tent and clawing me to death in my sleep. Sorry, that's graphic. But um, but she was, what her take on fear was, and I thought it was interesting, um, she was like, a lot of times we're, we're not afraid when the actual thing that we're afraid of is happening. We're afraid of the potential, right? And so she's like, and so I just made a decision one night when I was there at my campfire, and she was like, when, when, I'm, when my life is in jeopardy, it's fair for me to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Until that moment, I'm not, what am I afraid of? Like, if I'm just sitting here at my campfire cooking my dinner, like, yes, there's polar bears out there, but like, I'm not in immediate danger. And if this isn't an actual, immediate, legitimate, rational threat right now, then I'm not letting it come in my mind. And so like, she just practiced her perspective and like her, the way that she approached it every night. And she was like, so by the end of the thing, like there were one or two instances where I got kind of close enough to a polar bear to where it could have been a situation, like all these little variables, you know? And she's like, on day two, I almost didn't continue going because of all this stuff. And she's like, it's ridiculous. And like, to me, that sounds crazy because I'm scared of a polar bear. Like I, that's a legitimate fear, but, but I loved her perspective and it just, it made me apply it to so many different other things because it's like, like, for example, I just went bungee jumping. And where I just went bungee jumping down in Costa Rica, there's this, there's these huge cables that, that span across a valley, like from mountaintop to mountaintop. And they put you in this little bucket and they wheel the bucket across the wires. And so you're on this little tiny wire bucket in the wind and it's swaying back and forth. And then you jump from there. So you're not jumping off like a traditional platform like we would kind of see or like I had in my mind. Anyway, but this is the way that I address it. I'm like, once I get on that bucket, I'm going bungee jumping. So like, while I'm riding out there, 
there's there's nothing to be afraid of from when I step on that bucket until right before I jump. I'm like, all right, the, the jump is what I'm afraid of. I'll allow myself to be afraid when I jump, okay? So until then, I did some breathing exercises. I did a little meditation. I, I like watched my heart rate on my watch and I completely calmed myself down. And I, it was it's, it's a mental practice and it was really validating because I was like, you can control your reaction to some of this stuff, right? And so, uh, and Nikki was with me, my girlfriend Nikki, she was with me and we roll out on this bucket. She was doing some breathing exercises too. And, and it was great. And it's, and it's like, then when you stand on that edge and you're about to jump, adrenaline takes over. So yeah, you can tell yourself like, yeah, I can be afraid when I actually jump. When you're actually doing the thing that you're afraid of, fear isn't even there anymore. Right. It turns into something else. It turns into like motivation and adrenaline and just like reaction. And so it's, if you think about it in that way, it's like, oh my gosh, like I made the decision to do it. So I'm going to do it. So I'm not afraid anymore of the potential because like I'm either going to live or die. And I, I mean, there's there's risk assessment and all this stuff like right. you can research you can do all these things but once you get on that bucket you know you're going to do it so why are you afraid anymore right you know it's the the quote right the only thing we have to fear is fear itself this is right that yeah you're yeah describing yeah. yeah i love the middle piece you know because it's like i think on the surface they can you look at that and you say like well how can like meditation or just like calming like how does better understanding my mind how does that help with fear and it's like it's a funny thing way to mention it i feel like for me but um yeah i just feel like it goes back to our whole thing about getting more in touch with yourself and your and your thoughts that pop into your head you know even in like the meditation we did this morning it's like having this kind of playful um attitude towards the thoughts that pop in your head and it's like i look at that even as fear sometimes I'm like what if you got eaten by a polar bear you know it's almost like it becomes comical it's like well is this an actual threat like yeah, is it something like what are the chances this is going to happen? It's like, well, far less than 1%. And so I feel like just to be more in touch with these thoughts that come in and have this like playful mindset or like attitude towards it has really helped me to be like, whether it's a fearful thing, it's like, that's a ridiculous thing. Like, why would you say that? You know, and it's like, we don't need to address. And I've oftentimes like during my meditation, I'm like, I've kind of come into this. Um, I always say like, we'll get that we'll get to that when it's it, like in due time yeah exactly right? in due time because if not like the mind is built just to like want to solve all these issues right and if you're trying to solve all these issues for the rest of your life it's like what about money and what about insurance and what about like my relationship and what about do i want to have kids and this and that and then like what about when this happens it's like there's a never-ending list of questions right one of the things that's like really helped me is like in due time like right. we will get to that and it's we funny that when you start to like I feel like get yourself into that calm place of like whether it's like specifically like meditation or like maybe when you're like out for a run i feel like my mind just runs through and sometimes i almost want to take out like a pen and paper and be like this is all the stuff that i need to do and instead i'm just like it'll be all right like we'll get to that in due time right um, be present be yeah. right there There's, they say it in counseling it's like you know sometimes you're in a counseling session all this stuff's going on and you're trying these different techniques and nothing seems to work and then you're kind of at a loss and you don't know what to say they suggest when that happens just be in the room look at your client that's right in front of you and what are they showing you right now like what is the immediate yeah. presenting problem and and it's like man that just sounds so simple why do we forget about doing that sometimes but you would just go down this road sometimes uh and you sort of forget to just like be present and address like the polar bear example that lady said i'm gonna address what's in front of me right now if right. that polar bear gets there then i'll address it then yeah. and it'll and that will be a legitimate fear but until then it's not it's it's just all it's doing is just clouding my judgment yeah. and manipulating 
my thought process. It, Tim Ferriss has a, a really cool TED Talk, and we'll link it in the show notes um, if you want to check it out because I'll, I'll butcher the whole thing, I'm sure, if I tried to recite it. But he, in there he talks about what he calls it is fear setting, and he has this little process where he like writes down you know, the potential action, what he wants to do. But what he says in this TED Talk is he says, sometimes it's more important to define our fears than to define our goals. Um, you know, we allow our fears to distort our goals probably a lot of times because like, man, this would be my goal, but I got this fear, so I'm not even going to, you know, approach this goal anymore. I'm not even going to attack that and pursue it. And it's like, well, if you identify the fear and you actually like broke it down and we don't really spend much time or I don't haven't traditionally spent much time just breaking it down. It's like, okay, let me actually identify what I'm afraid of. And then when I say, okay, what is the likelihood of this actually happening and like what if it happened what if it really really happened what would, what would the impact be right like and then what could i do to correct that or change that and a lot of times when we start breaking it down and saying it out loud like that it's like man okay if that did happen it actually wouldn't be the worst thing in the world i've just kind of built it up to be that in my mind right and if it happens even though it's bad there are these other things that i can do to alleviate some of whatever bad came from that thing happening that we were so afraid of. Right. Um, and it's interesting. And it's like, and then also identify what is the upside if, if the fear never happens mm. or if it does happen and you can address it appropriately. Right. Yeah. And so we cripple ourselves again by not allowing the upside, the potential of the upside to even exist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I got two things to say about that. I love it. One of them, one of them is, I love what you said about identifying your fears because if you if you set a goal and then you start to like talk about or then you start to like analyze that then you might analyze certain fears that are related to that goal but if you start with your fears you may realize that that goal that you thought was really big was actually you still playing it small you start with your fear you're like man i thought i could only get to the like i don't know just for lack of a, having a concrete example it's like i don't like to get to like level seven it's like you're actually already limiting yourself by not tackling your fears. So if you set a goal and then you talk about your fear, I would argue you're still limiting yourself. If yeah. you start with your fear and you start to address those, then it's like, well, shit, man. Like that thing that you thought was almost like as good as you could get and like virtually unattainable and that was going to be your goal, it might actually be you still playing it small. Um, so I love the fact of like address yeah. your fears before you almost like set the goal. Um, the other thing that you kind of touched on and I think is so prevalent in our society, like, with people, we, you know, we don't, you, you put it a different way, but I feel like we don't, um, we always have a, a decent ability to look on the other side and say like, hey, I'm here today, if I make a change, right? If I stay on this path, I know what's gonna happen. And clearly by the fact that you wanna do something different and change, like that's not an ideal path. I don't think anybody actually gets down the road and they're like, my life is perfect. I have nothing that I wanna do differently. Like we all have stuff we wanna do differently, right? Those things have become smaller for me. I feel like over time, as I've made like bigger changes, but there's absolutely still ways in which I wanna grow and fears I wanna tackle. You never get to the end and it's like, now nah, I'm just sitting back and I'm good to go. But anyway, I don't think that we do a good job of, we all look on the other side and say, well, if I make this change and do this thing differently, this is scary and that's scary and this can happen and that can happen. I feel like if somebody told me that, I'd look at them and be like, but you just came to me today and we're talking about this because you're not happy with the status quo. So like, why don't you list the stuff that like you don't like about the path you're on? So my point is, I feel like we do a terrible job of assessing the risk of continuing down with the status quo on the current path. 
we all want to look at all the like negatives over here. It's like, to your point, like, what about the positives over here? And you've come to me with the intent of taking action to do something differently because the status quo is no longer working for you. Like there's so much more risk in going the, down the status quo and like take, you know, continuing down that path than there is in making a change. And I feel like once you make this, like, again, it doesn't gonna be a massive change. Once you take like a tiny little step to make change and you realize it wasn't as scary as you thought, it's so empowering because it's like, you've either learned something or you like it's been a good thing and what you thought it was gonna be, or you've learned something, but I would argue either way it's good because you've stepped away from that path that was the status quo that you've already said wasn't an ideal way in which you wanted to like live your life. Yeah. And so it's just like so empowering. And it doesn't have to be like something huge, but yeah. Anyway, you made me think of that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and that's I mean, and I said I was gonna save it for the end and I didn't, but that's why I say like my biggest fear is the lack of growth. You could say it as my, my biggest fear is being stagnant. My biggest fear is continuing along the status quo and it being somebody else's path and not my path. And yeah, I mean, I just think that that's super important because like you said, we always address all these, like I'm not gonna quit my job and live in a van because all these terrible things could happen. But I mean, we're just fearing the unknown then. We're not really, you know, I mean, we're just talking ourselves out of it so we can stay in our little bubble. And I'm not saying that that's the right way to do it for everybody. Again, I always want to say that, like, I think you should find what works for you because a lot of people don't have the same aspirations that I do. They don't want to be swinging in a hammock in Nicaragua for the rest of their life and selling trinkets. That doesn't interest some people. I'm not saying that you should blow up everything that's in your life and do something crazy or do something new. Um, but I do think that, to your point, like what you just said, I do think that you you have to look at the trajectory that your life is on and do you want it to be that in 20 years, 30 years? Do you want it to continue on that line? Or are you constantly saying, well, one day I'll whatever, or maybe, maybe in my next life I could whatever. Like a friend of mine texted me the other day because like I said, I was down in Costa Rica for eight days and we were doing bungee jumping and rappelling down waterfalls. And I mean, it was a great trip. It was like a, like, uh, Instagram worthy trip, I guess, if you want to say, or whatever. And so like, I had a friend reach out to me and she was like, I just told my husband, when we die, we're coming back as you and your girlfriend next time. And I was like, wow, do it now. Like if you really mean it, you know? And I think that was her way of just saying like, y'all are on a really cool trip and I appreciate that. But my, my response was just like, don't wait. I don't know if you're going to get another crack at it. I don't know what happens after we die. Maybe you do come back as somebody else. I don't know what to say about that. But I know what you can control. You could change it right now. Right. You could do something different right now. So yeah, I, that's that's good stuff, man. You got anything else? I was trying to think. I've covered a lot of. My, I took a bunch of notes this time. Oh, well, you did. I was. Uh, you beat me on the notes. It's ah, not a competition, but <laughs> not. You I, had more notes though. I didn't even beat you. Yeah, yet. and and they weren't. They were in like I, I've checked off the, some of the ones that I've hit. Uh, as we talked about them, yeah. but they were like in no specific order. I'd be like riding down the road and have a thought and I'd pull over and like type it right there and keep driving. And so it's just like this like mismatch of yeah. notes all over a page. The only other one that I really had, and I kind of touched on it briefly, but it's very like important to me is this concept of like playing it small. And I think it ties into the concept of fitting out and like not just, you know, following people down this like cattle line type of thing. I don't know, man, I just feel like I feel like to some degree we're all 
playing it small in this world. Like the things that we think we're capable, these like self-limiting beliefs we have. And so we, I don't know, we live these lives in whatever way you want to define that, that are less than what they could be or less aligned with like who you really are. And I think that it's oftentimes driven by fear. And yeah, I just think that like there's, it's hard to really get in touch with that. Like it's hard to just continually like understand your mind and who you are when these things are so deeply rooted and cemented in experiences and things that you've been through from a child that you're trying to like unwind. And I'm probably like flowing over into the stuff we talked about with intuition and meditation now, but it's all interrelated. And I think that like, once you start to do that, it's like, oh, wow. Like for me personally, as I started to like go down this path, like maybe in a deeper way over the last year than I had before, I'm not gonna say I like started the last year, I think there's other things that I was doing. It's completely shifted like my whole perspective of the world and like things that I've like, I don't know, like the things that I think I'm capable of and just like my whole outlook. And it's the whole thing about like, well, when you change yourself internally, then external will change, right? And I think oftentimes we wanna wait for the external to change, for the internal to change. And that's actually backwards. Um, yeah. But yeah, I say all that to say, I know there's people out there saying like, well, I'm happy in my life. Like I'm happy where I'm at. And I don't want to say that you should challenge that and be like, no, you're actually unhappy. Right. It's not my point. It's like, if there was a happiness scale from, or content, let's call it content. I want to say happy because I feel like it's more of an emotion. If content was rated on like a scale of zero to a hundred, I would say, well, like the ranking that you would give yourself is all based on your prior experiences. So what I'm challenging people to do is like, well, even if you're saying it's a hundred, it's based on like the life that you've lived. What if I told you like, well, Hey, like your life could actually be better if you've, if you just kind of continually dig at some of this stuff that's deeply within all of us and challenge some of these things, you might realize like, Oh crap, I thought I was at a hundred. It's actually only like a 60, but yeah, I just think it's hard to do that. And I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe look at that and say, but I am content with my life. I don't, yeah. I don't need anything different. I would say, I don't know. I'm not going to, I don't want to make this out to be like, we're all living these like lives and not being content. I don't mean it that way at right. all. I don't want to yeah. make that sound like a negative thing. I just think that like the obsession with personal growth is something that like, um, I don't know, we can all have, we can all improve our outlook. We can all challenge ourselves. We can all overcome these fears. And I think when you do that, it helps to like alleviate some of this like self-limiting beliefs, living right. small and that sort of thing. But yeah, I agree with that because I mean, I think we're all, conditioned to, to stop at the first point of any resistance, right? Like we're, we want it to be comfortable. And so if we, if we get to something that's hard or challenging or difficult, then we're a lot of times we're conditioned to just like, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to inflict any pain. So I just stopped. And it's like, man, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that's the right approach. I, I don't think, I don't think it's healthy to, only do the easy stuff or only have the easy conversations. I mean, I think it's, there's a, it might've been in that Ted talk I was mentioning with, with Tim Ferriss, where he says, easy decisions, hard life, hard decisions, easy life or something like that. And, and I agree, like we can't be afraid. We can't be afraid to have tough conversations. I, I think that's one area that I've grown in personally over the last several years. And, and I'm enjoying being, in this master's program to, um, for counseling is exactly that. It's like, I, it's okay to have a difficult conversation. Most people are ripping at the seams to emote and, and share and talk 
and they're afraid to do so. And so if I acknowledge that I used to be afraid to do so, now I'm a little bit less afraid to do so. It's a practice. I work on it. It's something that I work at. But if I'm less afraid to do so, and that's something that I can offer people is to just sit down and make them feel comfortable to open up. I think that's important because I do think that people have so much to share. They have so many things that they want to pursue, but they're afraid of. And and I'm in that category too. I'm not sitting here saying that I'm the teacher on this because I'm a practitioner of it. But yeah, I just think, I just think that's really important. And I think that I've learned that the difficult conversations are okay. There's stuff that I've done in my past that I'm not proud of, but if it means that I can grow or that we can collectively grow out of it, then I'm comfortable talking about them. You know, I was scared to death to talk about, certain aspects of my life for a long time because I thought I was the only one going through this. Guess what? There's how many people on this planet? Six billion? Chances are somebody's probably, not to minimize what you're going through, but chances are somebody's gone through what you're going through. Somebody's addressed it. Somebody's come out on the other side of it. Somebody's got some coping mechanisms in place. Chances are good that the information's out there, but you're never going to get it if you continue to just bottle it all up. I don't know if that takes it off course a little bit. No. And that's just one thing I was thinking about. I love it. I mean, I think that we all have this tendency to be like, man, if people only knew what I was going through, it's like, right. what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> we're all human beings. Like, you, yeah, my experience or this like thing that impacted me might not be the same as yours, but like, it's not like everybody else is out here just completely living these like easy, quote unquote, perfect lives. And I was like, look at what happened to me. Like we're all going through like challenging things. And one of the things that you mentioned that, I think it's the same thing as like letting fear be your compass or whatever. It's like the only way, I mean, this might be scary for some people, maybe people feel differently, but for me, it's like the only way is through. The only way is through it. Like you keep burying something that you don't want to talk about. Something's bothering you. Shit isn't going to get any better. I hate to say that. Maybe people don't want to hear that, but like you need to talk to somebody you need to do the thing. Like if there's something that's pulling at you, like, I don't know, I, I'm a big believer in like physical fitness and stuff too. I think that can um, just help you like break down some of these barriers. But yeah, man, like that's kind of the thing I was talking about earlier, like this like video games, like I'm presented with this next obstacle. Like you can't actually go around it and succeed. You're just gonna kind of tre- keep trying to walk around this brick wall. It's never ending. You're just gonna keep moving laterally or backwards. Like the only way through it is to break that shit down. Yeah. And I think that that is like, ter- and I'm, again, same thing you said, I'm not immune from this. It's not like I'm like, hey, I do all this all the time. Just call me up. And like, I have to continually face this stuff for me too. But I think changing my mentality of trying to view life as this thing that's like perfect and all, it's all supposed to go perfectly, right? And when one thing doesn't go perfectly, it's like, gosh, look at this thing that happened to me today. Like I flipped my mentality to be like, oh shit, I'm presented with this thing that I can overcome today and I'm going to grow from it and like learn all these new things. Like, this is awesome. It's just one more thing in this video game, like that I'm going to like move on to this next level. Cause if I'm not presented with that, I'm not going to move up. Just doing the same thing, you know, living in my little comfort zone. So like welcoming these challenges was one thing for me that like, I feel like it's kind of shifted my perspective of being like, let me break through this and see what's on the other side. For sure. And like you said, I know you said I'm not immune to it. I, I, I mean, I get told sometimes, you know, people think that I, I live my life sort of fearlessly in some regards, I mean, I guess most recently I did just go bungee jumping. I guess that's one example I've been skydiving before, as you have. There's some things like that that I've done where people are like, oh my gosh, you have no fear. And I mean, it's quite the opposite, really. It, it appears that way because I used to be so crippled by my own fear. And I know we've talked about this, but I just, to emphasize, like, I was afraid to make decisions. I mean, when I'm 
I've been incredibly depressed before. I couldn't leave my room. I was afraid to, to go anywhere. I was just like, I, I wouldn't write because it wasn't cool to write. Like I was crippled by so many things. And I got to a point where I didn't want to be here anymore because I thought that I couldn't express who I was. I was so afraid of being me, you know? And I, I mean, I know that's such a heavy topic, but I'm, I'm here to talk about it because I address those things. Like I'm here to, to be able to do this podcast episode with you because like, man, that shit hit me right in the face. And I had to, I mean, I had to pick myself up and address all of it. And I'm not saying I'm on the other side of it because I still address things and I still practice how to work through all that. But I mean, I don't know, I guess just saying that like, I don't know how people perceive me and that's not the most important thing, but for people that perceive me as like, you know, easy come easy go life's just this game that i'm out here playing and everything looks cool and i'm jumping out of an airplane and then i'm running this spartan race and life's cool and easy and like i appreciate that i'm glad that's the perspective but i'm still actively practicing at this stuff and i'm still addressing my fears and i'm able to to probably be perceived that way to people because i've addressed so many of these things and i hate to be so redundant but it's just i don't know it's something that i've lived and i feel like that if that helps someone else be able to say, man, okay, cool. Like I can, I'm, I'm comfortable with myself now. I don't have to be afraid of being who I am. Right. And so, I mean, that's, that's been everything for me, you know? Well, I think that too, though, like one thing you brought up for me that I thought about is like, if I look at, <laughs> I don't know if Instagram even existed that many years ago, I guess it probably did like the, when I was living with you, right? Like the 2012 to mm -hmm. 13 years. Um, I know that was a period where you were kind of like in the heart of, a challenging time. And the point I'm trying to make is I think if they looked, if, if there was somebody that honestly, people that probably still did know you, I was going to say that if there was somebody that didn't know you looked at your Instagram account, it probably looked pretty similar, right? You know, to what it does today. So the thing I was going to say is, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit anti Instagram in some ways because like just comparing yourself to somebody else, you make all these assumptions that like, look at this guy, he's like killing it up there and living this great life. And it's like, well, I've seen you grow significantly, but I've looked at your Instagram account. It probably looks pretty similar to what it did 12 years ago. It wasn't like you were, I mean, you were sitting in your room sometimes and like had difficulty coming out, but like you still took trips, still did other things, maybe ran a little bit less. You still ran. Like there wasn't yeah. a substantial difference from where you are today from the exterior perspective, right? Of yeah. like the things you did then compared to what you do today. And so I don't want anybody to look at this like the person he said, and I don't, nothing against him, I don't know him, right? But like, I want to come back as you because like, well, you're just looking at the Instagram account. I don't, and so my point is, I don't think you have to like, I, if there's people out there like this work is done in like a, a, a bit of a, like in isolation, sure, in darkness, yes. in like, you know, on your own, like your ability to enhance these experiences that maybe you do see on Instagram, I think like it's a benefit of that. It's not, the work isn't done there. That's so right. stuff that you see. Anyway, I guess my yeah. point is just that I don't want anybody to see that and say like, well, look at this guy. He's doing these crazy things. Like, it looks really cool, and you do have a cool life. And but I know you like enjoy that so much more now because all this work that you've had to do on your own. And so I just think about that quote: like comparison is the thief of joy. Absolutely. When you start to look at other yeah. people. Um, and I, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you I, cannot. Yeah, you cannot play the the comparison game because a lot of yeah. times what you see is not reality. Yeah, for sure. Man, that's good stuff. I didn't know all where where this was going to go today, but. Again, great conversation, man. I, I really enjoyed it. This was a good one. 
as they all have been. Yeah, I feel like we were all over the place today, but I think it's hard when you start to have topics that have a lot of overlap. And uh, I know we weren't intentional and necessarily in the way that we structured this, but I do think, I don't know, there's just common themes and it's like all these things are relevant. We all go through them, which um, I think it's just interesting that, yeah, as human beings, we all are faced with these challenges, but it's yeah. a, sometimes it be hard to talk about. And I feel like sometimes I don't, I don't adequately like express myself. This is very hard to say, like, I know my mind and these are the things that I learned and this is how I learned it. It's not like a tangible thing. If you told me like, how do you like build a car from the ground up? I could be like, well, this is the engine and the chassis and these are the wheels and like do this, like stuff that we talk about is like very hard sometimes for me yeah. to articulate. But, and it's raw and authentic and yeah. real. And, and I think that's just, that's the nature of it. I'm, I would rather it be that way as we've said before, than than to feel like we're, we're following a PowerPoint and just checking off boxes. I, I think this makes it real. I hope, I mean, I, I get something out of it. So for sure, um, I'll, I'll define that as a success yeah. <laughs> in my perception that way. Uh, I don't know how other people define it and, yeah. and it is what it is. Hopefully other people get something out of it too, but I certainly have. So, yeah, I love that you said that and you made me think of it earlier and I didn't mention it. It kind of goes back to your, I, I'm, I'm chasing personal growth. And I think that's very, I mentioned before that it's very hard, but I think the podcast is another example of that. Like how many times have we heard people that we know or somebody else say like, well, how many people have like listened to your podcast? And it's like, I mean, I, I guess there's some level of concern there because I feel like if this can help somebody, then I want somebody to listen to it. But that's my driving force of like helping people. It's not, oh, we, if we get more listeners, maybe we can quit our day jobs and then we just like retire on this. And we're just obsessed with personal growth, right? And so like, that's our motive. I just feel like it's very hard in our society for people to say like, well, you're just saying that, like you do really want a lot of people to listen to it so you can get like advertisers and, you know, revenue coming in this way and do this other thing. It's like, no, I actually don't give a shit about yeah. that. That has not been one conversation we've ever had. I don't care about it. Like, I just want to spread good, like, you know, information out there. And I think that's very hard for people to understand. And I think it ties back to the personal growth thing. Like for getting what we want out of this podcast, like, I don't need more people to listen to it just for the sake of like building a bigger following to potentially have some sort of revenue stream down the line. Um, but anyway, I just think it's interesting that this actually literally this conversation right now is like exactly aligned with what we want to do. Cause I'm like, yeah. I've told you every time we, we record these, I'm like, dude, this is so awesome for me to like get my voice out there and have a conversation with you. And like, yes, we happen to be recording it and putting out there, but like, there is no, there's no ulterior motive. It's like, oh, are you just bullshitting me right now? You're like trying to be authentic because later you want yeah. to do this. I'm like, nope, don't care. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I've gotten some good messages over the last couple of weeks too from, from people. You know, when we started this, I think on episode zero, we said one of the driving forces of us doing this was because I don't feel like a lot of men, we don't mm -hmm. feel like a lot of men and maybe potentially men in the South, which is our demographic, are comfortable expressing emotion. It's not something historically that our demographic talks about. And so we're both pretty comfortable talking about it and, and felt like it may be worth sharing. And and I sort of approached it as like, not that other people don't have emotion because I think everybody has it, but it's just not something we talk about. But some of the recent messages I've gotten from people that I do know that have been like, man, I really appreciate y'all talking about that. Or like, it's, it's cool to hear people dive into those subjects. And yeah, again, I, the numbers don't really matter to me, but getting messages like that do matter. And it's cool to know that there is there is a need and a want for for people to hear conversations like that. And so for me, it's very validating. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I like that. 
you saying that and you hadn't shared those messages with me like that is deep meaning for me because one of the people uh, i don't want to mention people's names that they don't want me to but they had reached out and said like it was a woman and she's like there's such a need for this in society because i see kids in high school like literally committing suicide i see like fathers with families like committing suicide and am i saying that like our podcast like solves that i don't think so but like being able to talk about things i know plays a significant role in that and i don't know the specific instances of any of those situations and like what caused that but i do know that like bottling things up just creates this like internal strife that is like so difficult to overcome and can become so crippling and for guys we're taught like just tough it out just tough it out and it's like no we need to break these like stereotypes that i don't feel like are accurate where it's like you said like you're a more emotional person and like you had mentioned in one of the previous podcasts like you know, you like things can like bring you to tears. I'm like, I think that's awesome. Like we should all embrace our individuality that you have such a deep connection with yourself that I don't know, like that you're the depth of your emotion. Like you've, you've sought after that and you've like gotten a better understanding of who you are that like you're deeply impacted when in your relationships and other people like that should be something celebrated, not like, Hey, I'm sitting here and I'm stone cold and I never like cry or whatever. Like, that shouldn't be celebrated. This is the stuff that like perpetuating, perpetuating all these like negative things about God. I think this is like, I don't know, this term's been thrown out loosely nowadays. To me, this is like the toxic masculinity type of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you should be celebrated for that. Like it's strength to talk about your emotions, not the other way around. I agree. And one last thing I want to mention before we go is um, I think you did briefly mention it at the end of the last episode, but, uh, and I meant to say this in our intro but congratulations as a franchisee and a new business owner. You stared that fear right in the face, man. And you um, you bought into a franchise. And I know that you did your research, but that's something that sort of terrifies me, the thought of that. And so I think that's awesome. I'm proud of you. And I'm very, very happy for you that you've done that. Man, I appreciate it. I'm facing that fear every day. And honestly, these self-limiting beliefs, it's like I've kind of had to tell myself, like, nope, we've already surpassed that. That was the old me. Like I'm already done with this self-limiting kind of stuff. It's like you're in, we're moving forward, like focusing on the day-to-day and like clearly I'm going to have something that like makes money. But the reasons why I did this, it hit on a lot of my other kind of must-haves of like a dynamic work environment and like interacting with different people. I just felt like I was like just dying, honestly, like sitting behind a computer in front of my office every day. So anyway, I've had to like continually remind myself of the reasons why I did this and it wasn't money, which again, kind of mm-hmm. like we talked about today, but, um, yeah. And continually kind of tell myself like, Nope, you, we've already overcome those self-limiting beliefs. Like how do we have this like abundance, creative mindset rather than can't do this. And what if this happens and it doesn't work out, yeah. but yeah, well, I'm facing every day still. That's right. So. Cause doubt doesn't sleep, you know, and that's why it's a practice because doubt it'll try to wedge itself back in there. It'll try to creep back in. And so, I mean, that's why, it's a constant practice. It's not something that you do one time and you conquer that fear and it's out the window. It's a it's a constant work. So I, I know that it's been a, a practice for you, man, and that's awesome. I appreciate you saying that. All right, I guess we'll get out of here. Till next time. <laughs>